0: Phil Williams, why don't you come join us? A little applause is appropriate. Phil, it's the first Sunday of Advent. I keep saying that. Can you believe it? It is. Are you excited?
1: I am excited. Although I didn't think I was going to make it up because there was a rather long peace coffee queue, and I thought I was going to have to wait in eager anticipation until the end of the service for my coffee. He's foreshadowing
0: what he's going to talk about. But
1: my hope was realised <laughs> and uh, I got a coffee. Praise
0: the Lord. Shall I pray for you? Yeah,
1: that was a terrible joke.
0: <laughs> That's why I thought you needed prayer. Um, thank you Lord Jesus for this amazing season, this wonderful time of year. We do thank you for our kids and our young people as well. Would you bless them as they uh, study your word this morning? And would you bless us too as we hear from your word? And um, Would you fill, fill up with your spirit as he shares with us? And give us open hearts to receive what it is that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Wonderful. Happy Advent everyone never quite sure of the correct Advent salutation uh, but I think happy Advent or expectant Advent everyone. Um, it's great to be here, it's great to be able to open God's word together. If I've not met you before, uh, my name's Phil, uh, I lead the team here and um, I love being at this church. I love being able to worship uh, with all of you. I love that we get to do this stuff together. Uh, it really is uh, an absolute joy um, and um, to be honest, it's been, we've, had, we've, had, we've had a bit of a tough year this year, uh, and uh, one of the things, if you, if you know us, if you've journeyed with us, you'll know that we've, we've, we, as a family, spend a fair bit of time in hospital for one reason or another, and, uh, and over the last six months, we have spent a fair bit of time in hospital. We've had, between us as a family, we've had uh, three operations and just countless other, um, uh, other appointments. Uh, And there's something, if if you've ever spent a lot of time in hospital, there's something just quite remarkable about hospitals. There's lots of remarkable things about hospitals, but one of the remarkable things about hospitals is that they just, the waiting in hospitals seems to just suck your energy away like nothing else. There's something about waiting in a hospital uh, which which is really, really tough. Uh, And I've had an operation, uh, one of my daughters has had two operations. Uh, In fact, my other daughter's got another operation coming up as well. Um, I I don't think my wife has ever actually had an operation, like ever, ever. Uh, I think, you know, maybe God makes some of us better than others. I don't know. But uh, but we've been doing a lot of waiting. But the other remarkable thing about waiting in a hospital is that that kind of waiting is a kind of waiting which is a mixture of waiting and hoping and healing. There's something quite remarkable in that. In that mixture. And that's a little bit of what we're going to be thinking about today as we step into Advent together. Today, on the first Sunday of Advent, is a good time to think about waiting and hoping and healing. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. And today, uh, we're going to jump back to uh, it's one of my favorite Advent passages. And, and again, you'll know if you come here with any great regularity that we are. Uh, real diligent observers of the Church of England lectionary readings. Uh, we follow them keenly uh, and I was really excited uh, that today, the reading for today, and, and these readings go on like a four-year cycle. Uh, the reading for today is Isaiah 64. and uh, It's one of my favourite Advent readings and we're going we're to get into it today. And uh, Valerie's going to come up uh, and read it for us. And while she comes up, um, let's have a little cheer for Valerie because we yeah. really love Valerie. Um, well, well, while Valerie's coming up, I'm just going to give you uh, just a little context quickly. So, uh, so this is Isaiah. It's one of the great prophets uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, Isaiah was speaking to, delivering God's message to the people of, uh, of Israel in about 700 BC. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a message uh, of hope. It is a message that speaks to what is coming. Uh, and ultimately it's a message that, that points to, uh, to Jesus' ultimate coming, the ultimate fulfilment of all of the prophecies that we see in the Old Testament. But it's important to understand that as as Isaiah speaks God's word to uh, the nation of Israel in 700 BC or thereabouts, he's speaking to a nation who are defeated, they are beaten and they are broken, they've been carried off in exile uh, into a foreign nation, Uh, it's a nation that's reeling in pain. Uh, and, it, and actually, whenever we tell stories of the Old Testament and Israel, we often come back to a nation in this state. And, and, I, and I thought it was just good to observe, and I want to be really careful not as we, to draw any kind of parallels, but today we are witnessing just horrific scenes across the Middle East in that area. Uh, and, it, and we get a glimpse of something, of the pain of a people who are being beaten and broken, uh, and it's... It's awful and it wrenches at our hearts, and we know it breaks God's heart. And actually, this is something that's happened time and time and time and time again in this region. And at this point, you know, many like sort of nearly 3,000 years ago, uh, this is the kind of environment that the prophet Isaiah is speaking into a nation at at war and in conflict who've been beaten uh, and bruised. But the remarkable thing is, is that into the midst of that situation comes a message of hope. A message of hope. A message ultimately about Jesus. A message that says, hold on. Hold on. It can feel like all is lost and that there is no answer. But hold on because good things are coming. Uh, And this is actually a message for all of us. Uh, today. So Valerie's going to read to us on this first Sunday of Advent, Isaiah 64, beginning uh, at verse 1. And there's loads of there's loads of interesting images and, and stuff in here that I'm sure you'll recognise. Uh, it's an amazing piece of scripture. Thanks, Valerie.
2: Oh, that you would tear down the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. And when fire sets twigs ablaze, and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no hear as perceived, no eye has seen any gods besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we all work we, all, we are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look upon us, we pray, for we are all your people. Amen.
1: Well, Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment together to be able to open your word and... Uh, and be encouraged by you on this Advent Sunday. Jesus, would you meet with us, Holy Spirit, would you move amongst us? And would you mould us and shape us this morning, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Charles Spurgeon, the, uh, the classic preacher, uh, said this. He said, Advent is a season of expectant waiting and preparation. The problem with our generation is that it doesn't like to wait. We want everything now, but Advent teaches us to wait for the Lord, to anticipate his arrival with patience and hope. And in the waiting, we learn to appreciate the beauty of his timing. There's an awful lot of waiting uh, when it comes to journey with our God. (laughs) Yeah, there's an awful lot of waiting that we see in Scripture. Uh, In fact, I'm I'm sure we've all experienced lots of waiting. Uh, The truth is Noah waited, Abraham waited, Jacob and Joseph waited, Moses waited, David waited, even Jesus waited. And so today, if you are waiting for something, then you're in really good company. The trouble is, we don't like waiting, do we? And I, and I think, you know, as Charles Spurgeon said, in a, in a previous generation, you know, our generation really doesn't like waiting, and it seems like it's getting worse and worse. And this was illustrated for me just this morning, uh, as yesterday, yesterday night, at about 10 o'clock at night, uh, I did an Amazon order for three things, one of which arrived this morning before I even came into church, and do you know what, the other two aren't going to come till tomorrow. Can you believe it? Can you believe that the other two parts of my delivery are not coming till tomorrow? I've got to wait. I mean, how ridiculous! How, how ridiculous! But I don't know if you—I don't know if you can relate, uh, or if that is just me. You know, one of the one of the biggest and certainly one of the uh, the toughest waits for me. A little bit like I shared at the beginning, uh, and it always reminds me of both the challenge uh, and the delight uh, caught up in waiting uh, was when my daughter Adelaide, who's now 10 underwent surgery for her cochlear implants. So Adelaide uh, <coughs> Adelaide is deaf. She's been deaf from birth, completely deaf. And when she was about two and a half, uh, we were able to choose for her, which felt like a really, it was a big choice that we had to make, to choose for her uh, to undergo a really big invasive piece of surgery in order to get uh, cochlear implants. Now, cochlear implants are just the most remarkable uh, invention uh, and what happens is basically in surgery they kind of cut open the sides and she's got bilateral implants on both sides of her head cut open and they kind of bur- burrow a little bit into your skull uh, and a little bit of plastic is kind of put like in your skull under the skin and there's a magnet on one side and there's a, a, a lead with some electrodes on the other side and that lead then goes, uh, bypasses your eardrum completely and goes straight into your cochlea and then on the outside you have a little thing like a little 50 pence piece, basically, with its magnet, and it just magnets onto the magnet that's in your head, and all the microphones and stuff are in there. And it's just incredible. And it basically, all you know, it, it hears, and it puts it straight into, into your inner ear. I mean, it's just remarkable. Um, and, I was, I was, in fact, I had to, you know... I mean, I... Adelaide, I'm sorry when you watch all this back. I use it as an illustration all the time. But, uh, but she's, she's part of my story as well and the miracle that we experience in our family. And, you know, Adelaide was in this morning and I've just let her have an, one of my old mobile phones so she can control her because she can control the settings on her ears. But basically, she just goes on to, like, Apple Music all the time. And she's just like... And it streams the music, like, straight into her ears. And so if you ever see her doing actions, basically, if the lights are flashing blue she's streaming something <laughs> directly into her head. Um, so it is, it is the most, it's the most remarkable piece of technology, but, but obviously it is hugely invasive and complex uh, and, and dangerous as a procedure. Uh, and we ended up, when we took her into hospital, because um, there, were, there were a bunch of complications for Adelaide, and we ended up um, having to wait, uh, Charlotte and I, whilst, whilst she had a three-hour a seven hour and then an eight hour operation. Oh, and it was just it was just excruciating. You know, firstly kind of handing your child over over to a surgeon is just the most awful thing. And then having to wait, literally, whilst you know they're kind of cutting into your child's head. It was so difficult and, and to be honest, we were a mess. It was so hard doing that waiting But at the same time, in the midst of our anxiety and our concern, we dared to hope. We dared to hope. And and we dared to believe that something good was coming. And we dared to believe that Adelaide might hear. You know, praise God, she does hear. She doesn't listen. (laughs) but she does here. I don't know if that's one miracle too far, but, the, um... but it's amazing. You know, we dared to believe, in the midst of a ver- the very real anxieties that we held, we dared to believe that something good was coming. And, and in Advent, amongst the very real anxieties that we, that we all face of, of life and its, and its brokenness, The brokenness we see in ourselves and in others and and all around our world. In the midst of that, we are reminded in Advent that good things are coming. And I think that's a message that we all need to hear. It's a message we should get excited about and sing for joy about. And so I want to encourage you, however you're feeling today... Whether you're raring to go, or whether you're ready to hibernate, I want to encourage you: good things are coming, and that is the message of Advent. So we see here in Isaiah 64 uh, a cry from the prophet, and it's a cry, uh, a cry for change, and it's a cry for something new to come, but. But not just any old change, you know. Here in the midst of his brokenness and his nation's brokenness, the prophet Isaiah cries for the presence of God. Here in verse one, there is, "Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, that the mountains would quake in your presence." And Isaiah is desperately desperately waiting for God to come Uh, and then he remembers he says you came like a fire you shook the earth you did amazing things that we never expected will you do it again we long for your presence we love your presence we miss your presence we're waiting for you he's basically saying we're waiting oh that you would tear open the heavens and come down You know, let's remember that Isaiah here is prophesying to a nation in exile. They're not even in their country anymore. Their homes have been destroyed. They've lost their security and the security of knowing their God who was with them. And in the midst of this, Isaiah acknowledges that actually they've messed it up. They're the ones that have brought stuff on themselves. They turn their back on the God who loved them, and he basically says, look, we've we've completely screwed it up, Isaiah says, to the point where even on our best day, we fall short. Even our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Even our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And he's basically saying, look, we've got nothing. We've got nothing. There's nothing we can do about this. God, we need an intervention. God, we need you to come down. We need your presence. I wonder if you feel like you need an intervention today from God. You know, maybe, like, maybe like Isaiah, you've known God's presence before. But right now it just doesn't feel like it. You know, maybe you feel like you've messed up you know, or you're a bit broken or you're just surrounded by brokenness that you can't seem to shake and you're left waiting, hoping that God would, would show up again. You know, or perhaps this is, this is all new for you. Perhaps this is the first time that you are here uh, in a church today. And perhaps you're just trying to work all this stuff out, you know, and all this talk of, of a God who can be present. You know, what, what is that? What does that even mean? You know, whatever it is that you feel in this moment, you know, and whatever you have known or haven't known of God before, the message of Advent is the same for all of us. And it is the promise that good things are coming. Because during Advent, we are reminded to look forward and to wait with great expectancy for the time when Christ will come again. At the end of this age, a a time when God promises to make all things new, a time when he will wipe away every tear, and a time when we will get caught up together in his in his wonderful presence for eternity. And this is the ultimate answer to Isaiah's cry all those thousands of years ago. This cry of Isaiah that echoes through the ages that says only the presence of God will do. And in the end, I can tell you today, God is coming and it will all work out. That is the truth. That is the promise good things are coming but what about now what about today what about the intervention that you that you need today do we have to wait until the end of time, for God to come down, tear open those heavens. Oh, God, that you would come down today. Well, the best news about Advent is that Advent is not just a waiting game. We don't all only look forward and wait for what will happen, but but Advent, as Philippa said earlier, also helps us to count down to celebrate what has already happened. We count down and we prepare for the great festival of Christmas, a celebration of of how God's presence has come down from heaven to earth. Uh, That is the true fulfilment of these great prophecies. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. These are the promises we hold on to, especially at this time of year. Uh, And this is the good news that we get to celebrate all the time. Every Sunday when we gather together throughout the year, not just at this time, we celebrate this good news uh, that we are highlighted here at Advent, the good news that God is with us. God is with you God loves you and he wants you to have a full and wonderful life now. And that's always been the plan. To use the words of Isaiah again here, just like a potter with his clay, God has moulded us and crafted us with great care. Each one of us, men and women together, designed to be like him and to be with him, to love and to be loved. That's what God made and it was good. But we know that men and women, humanity, we turned our back on God and selfishness entered the world and with its separation. You know, barriers went up uh, and relationships broke down. And now, instead of this love and this togetherness that we were created for, we live divided. And that is what we see all around us and in us and in our news feeds every single day. But the good news is that God loves us so much that He wasn't going to leave us in that broken mess. God doesn't leave us waiting. He did something about it. He tore open the heavens and he came down. Uh, The Bible says, you know it well, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now Jesus was born and he came down. And then he walked on this earth to show us what this love is looks like again and then he hung on a cross with his arms stretched wide to deal with our selfishness, to break through these barriers that we have raised and to heal all of our brokenness and then Jesus rose to life again to make a way for us, to follow him to live and to love just like he designed us to to be in his life giving presence and to lack nothing now today how amazing is that that is the story of the good news that is the gospel of Jesus that he tore open the heavens and came down and you can know him today the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, writes to the church there of the grace given to you in Christ Jesus, therefore, Paul says, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait. He will keep you firm till the end. What a promise. Now the message of Advent is that is that good things are coming and good things have come. And that's why when we went back to hospital just a few weeks ago, it was a little bit easier this time because we've seen God meet us so many times in our hour of need. And I knew that he could do it again. And it didn't really make the anxiety that less painful. (laughs) It was still tough. But I knew God had already come. And he could do it again. And that is the message that we grab a hold of in Advent. You know, someone said to me when I was growing up that the Christian faith is not just pie in the sky when you die, but steak on your plate as you wait. And that is the message of Advent. You know, in your spiritual life, in the midst of all the the, the bruising that goes on for each Uh, And every one of us, you know, in this season, if in your spiritual life, things feel a little bit more like pie in the sky than steak on your plate, then I want to invite you to receive the presence of Jesus afresh today. You know, that's what we get to do here. That's what we come for, to gather together, to journey together, to stand with one another in God's presence. That's what church is all about. The people of God being a community together before God. We get to do that all the time. But this is a wonderful time of year where we get reminded of some pretty special truths. So I want to invite you to stand. One of the band, why don't, why don't you come back and we're going to go into a time uh, of worship? But I want to encourage you, uh, you know, even for you vegans, this is steak on your plate while you wait. Okay, you can take that however you want, but know, that's my paraphrase today of what Jesus said, that I have come so that you might know life in all of its fullness. John ten ten. those are the words of Jesus, and I want you to know that you can know that today, life in all of its fullness, which is the presence of God with us today. So I'm just going to invite us to pray together uh, now as we go back into a time of worship and of receiving the presence of God together as we sing. Uh, And I'm going to invite all of us, actually, to say just a really simple prayer, uh, a prayer that basically says sorry and thank you and please. uh, uh, And if you would like to, and this may be the first time you've ever said this kind of prayer to God, or it may be the hundredth, the thousandth time you've said it, but if you want to, I just invite you just to echo the words that I say, Uh, you can say them aloud, you can say them in the quietness of your heart, but we're just going to ask for the presence of God to, just to be with us in a really tangible way, Praise praise Jesus. Let's pray. God, I'm sorry for my selfishness, for turning away from you and and the ways that I don't show love. God, thank you that you came down and that you died and you rose again in order that I might know